Are you there? I'm here. Are you there? There? I, I'm here. Welcome to the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. Well, hello, listeners of Calvary Cast Public Radio. <laughs> this is my public radio voice. Yeah, we're all asleep already. And now for some slow jazz. That's I'm nice, your man. host. Graham Parker, along with Jess Miller. Okay, I can't do that anymore. You have missed your calling. I know. You've missed your calling. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. We are back from quarantine, or you are back from quarantine. Our podcast has been in quarantine because it had COVID. It did have COVID. Or at least half. I didn't have COVID. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we could do. Half the podcast had COVID, which is you. Yeah, I did. And so the whole podcast was in quarantine and isolation. I'm a COVID survivor. I know. We're both going to. I have a story to tell now. You have a story to tell. We're both going to get the uh, frames go around your uh, license plate. Yeah. Are those, are they already having those? They should. Oh. I'd like one. I thought maybe you had seen one or something. Mm. No. Sure, there's T-shirts. I never checked, but I bet you, you can. <laughs> we can make our own. Yeah, I survived we, COVID. Oh, yeah, and it could be a Calvary Cast T-shirt. You know, like the Calvary Cast survived COVID. There you go. We should maybe we should have what do they call that? Um, merch. Merch. Yeah, we could have our own merch for four people. And we we yeah well you know the four <laughs> people that listen could actually could Which, actually have a T-shirt to wear. So for our loyal listeners, if they want merch. It won't ever come, but I do have some feedback on a couple of things. So, first of all, we got to give a shout out to our most loyal listener in Belgium. <laughs> yes. A couple weeks ago, we noticed that Belgium was skyrocketing up the listens chart of the Calvary Cast. Not sure why. Hey, we're reaching the nation. Reaching. <laughs> Or Belgium. (laughs) I think it was a spam bot, but we won't really actually say that. Two, also got some feedback on uh, should we banter at the beginning of the podcast like we were doing. And I heard from one person, they said yes. Really? Yes. Was this an official they sent into the email? Well, he texted me. Oh, okay. So somebody you know. (laughs) Is it somebody I know I'm pretty sure I know everybody that listens to this podcast. Is this a person just you would know and I don't know? No, you would know them too. I would know him too. Okay. Should we? You want to play guess who it would be? Uh, would it be like that easy for me to guess? Uh, Are they here or from your previous life in South? It'd Dakota? be from my previous life. Andrew, <laughs> you got it. All right. <laughs> so shout out Is to he, Andrew. Does he listen to our podcast? Every once in a while. Okay. Yeah. So. And we must have been discussing whether we should banter. We did, yes, and he said we should. So we are. All right. And then the third one was a uh, question: Should you pay Wyatt for his grades? And I heard from multiple people, and it was all resounding no. Okay, I didn't, so. Yeah, well, I think it was even more than that. There was shock that you paid him for his grades at all. Okay, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. I'm not above uh, <laughs> paying my kids to make me look better. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> when they were little, be good at church, so it'll make me look good, and afterwards I'll take you, you for ice that? cream. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, man, I was going to say. I don't <laughs> think so. 
Better ask. Maybe maybe in a moment of weakness. When they were it's young. getting worse. You need to stop now. We all thought we, grades was bad. Now you're paying your kids to sit in church. Yeah, oh, man. Maybe in a moment of weakness. I don't remember, but I don't uh, think well, I Well, there's grace and forgiveness for that, too. That's right. Speaking of grace and forgiveness, we should talk about the Bible. We should. So today we're going to talk about one of the things at um, CBC that we emphasize or as we were talking about before, you want to change it <laughs> change to a, one it to of our distinctives. distinctives. Yeah, I don't. But it shouldn't be a distinctive of any t- church. It should be just what, right? What you a church. Teach. Yeah, exactly. And that, of course, is uh, the new birth, or right. um, you know, being born again, regenerated, uh, being given the new heart of God, uh, or from God. Those and a lot of these uh, synonymous understandings of what we're talking about here. And we like to emphasize that. And to summarize, we say. You know, basically, that salvation is a work of God uh, in us that He imparts to us new life Mm -hmm. and makes us new people. The Bible talks about it as being the new man or new woman, Uh, gives us a new heart with new affections and, and that. And that's really what being saved is, or at right. least, you know, a big part of being saved is what God does to us. And uh, there is a change, a transformation in the person from whom, from what they were uh, to what they are now in Christ. And they're to live out that new life experience. And, um, and we want to, uh, we just emphasize that here. So we thought, let's talk about that out of John chapter three, which right. is one of the classic texts that talk about this issue of being born again. Do you want me to read that text? Yeah, that'd be great. How far should I read? Uh, I would read down through uh, verse 9 is what I would do. Or verse 8? Verse 9. Or 10, I'm sorry. 10. All right. Verse 10. Here we go. John chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Well, if we... um just to discuss this passage, yeah. I think the good thing is would be to just start with Nicodemus, right? Sure. And so um, that's helpful in understanding what we're getting at here. But uh, Nicodemus, we're told, was a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews. So he was a prominent Pharisee. And what were the Pharisees again? So the Pharisees were just like a religious sect of the time okay. that um, adhered to the law and... Um, uh, you know, wanted to live righteously under the law. And most of we, we get the indication from the Bible that most of them 
believed that in order to be right with God, you had to keep the law. So when the Apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee mm-hmm. before he was saved, would describe his time as a Pharisee, it was the zealousness mm-hmm. for outward conformity to God's law, um, being as righteous as you can to establish your own right standing right. before God. Okay. So they had a lot of uh, wrong thinking. Now, you know, you read some people and scholars and such that will say that not all of them were that way. Like right. there were, because there were about 6,000, from what I understand, mm. roughly about 6,000 mm. uh, Pharisees at that time. And some of them were probably genuinely knowing God right. and, and things. But uh, there was a lot of confusion among them. And we just get a really bad picture of them when you read through the Gospels. Yeah. <laughs> so they were the ones with the, you know, the scribes right. and that that were really confronting Jesus all the time. So, But they were religious leaders, right. ultimately, within the context of first century Israel. Nicodemus was one of them. He was a prominent one. And we get the indi- indication that uh, from verse, that's why I had to go through verse 10. Right. Jesus says, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. So maybe like the best known Pharisee It in could Israel. have been. That's what it seems like, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like he was the head honcho of Pharisee teachers mm-hmm. and ruling among the Jewish people, uh, perhaps a member of the Sanhedrin, the official religious council, you know, that rule over uh, the people of Israel. So he was a prominent person. He comes to Jesus. We're told by night. A lot of people speculate why it was by night. Was he just not wanting anybody else to see him? Uh, was there some theological thing that John is slipping in there that, you know, here's Nicodemus, he's in darkness, uh, you know. We don't really know, but... It seems like um, it's reading a lot into it. It does. It just seems like he probably came to Jesus at night. It makes for a good sermon thing. Yeah, yeah, really, preach, like, right? wow, wow. <laughs> Nicodemus came by night, and you come by night, too. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, it, it really, it'll preach well if you want to. So. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, that's not the important thing. The important thing is, like, if we understand the Pharisees uh, from what the Gospels present, is that these are, these are people that were trying to... Um, live according to the law, making a lot of their own laws and things just to try to be righteous, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the right religion. This is what I like to say with it. Right religion, right people at the time, had the Bible, taught the Bible. Uh, from all outward appearances, people would have thought Nicodemus is on his way to the kingdom. Yeah. So when the kingdom arrives, Nicodemus, Nicodemus is getting is in. in it. Yeah. And, um, and so it must be surprising for Nicodemus and anybody that would read this in the first century especially to hear that Jesus says you must be born again in order to see or enter into the kingdom. Mm. And, and implying that Nicodemus hadn't experienced this right. new birth yet. Okay, So um, we, we, uh, we, we see right away from verse 3 that in order to experience the kingdom promises of God, you know, in salvation, you have to experience this being born again. Mm-hmm. So it's an absolute necessity to be born again, to go to heaven, to get, be in God's forever kingdom, or we could say to be saved. What is it? How do we, we have to be born again in order to be saved? So all of those kind of synonymous terms that we would use for this. And of course, Nicodemus here is confused about what that means. Uh, he hears it very literally, first of all, and is asking the question about, 
um, can I enter his, the womb again? Yeah. Right. He sees it at a very, li- you know, he's not understanding what Jesus is mm-hmm. saying. And then Jesus makes the interesting comment in verse 5, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, can we pause here for just a second and talk about kingdom of God? Yeah. Because I think that that would be helpful, too. What would have been Nicodemus's conception of the kingdom of God, and what should ours be? Yeah, so... Like why is that something we want to enter? Yeah, well, ultimately, I think the first... What their, what their understanding of the kingdom and our understanding of the kingdom would be a lot similar. Right. Uh, is that there is this kingdom coming... Um, over which the Messiah will reign. That's mm-hmm. what they were waiting for. The Christ, mm-hmm. uh, that word Christ is almost identical to the word king in the Jewish mind. The mm-hmm. king would come, God's forever kingdom, the descendant of David. And there were a lot of wonderful kingdom promises yeah. in places like Isaiah and such, yep. where there would be this restoration of the nation of Israel mm-hmm. in this ruling of this Messiah over the nations, mm-hmm. including Israel. And great blessing, prosperity, mm-hmm. peace, joy, but all those things. Do you think, like, f- especially like in Nicodemus's day, so much of their pr- conception of the kingdom was so nationalistically based in Israel's restoration only, and there wasn't this glorious Gentiles being brought into it as well? Yeah, I think I think that is. And then maybe that's they why missed they missed that. that. They missed the 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 role maybe of the Gentiles in the kingdom, and also the blessing that was yeah. supposed to go to all the families of the earth through yeah. Abraham and the um the blessings uh, that the, that would be bestowed on the nation kingdom blessings mm-hmm. that the the nations God's plan was for the nations to enjoy this right forever kingdom as well right and this re recreated earth all yeah. these wonderful things so bottom line the kingdom is a great place to be right the kingdom and we are on our way cuz when Christ returns so he establishes the millennial kingdom mm-hmm. thousand year reign of Christ here on earth of which we will take part in right and that is one aspect of the kingdom and then the final uh, aspect of the kingdom that we will live in forever is uh, the new earth, new heaven, new earth, Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, yeah. all that that you read at read in Revelation 21 yep. and uh, Re- well, Revelation 20, 21 and um, that final eternal state of living on this glorified new earth with Jesus and yeah. the saints and in the presence of God and the glory of God. Yeah. So we're, we all want to get in the kingdom. Right. All right. That's where we want to end up. Yeah. And here we see it doesn't matter if you were Nicodemus and Christ, you know, before Christ died in the resurrection or now after and all that we know, you must be born again is the point. Right. And John talks, weaves this into his gospel a lot. Mm. He weaves it into his letter, First John a lot, this idea of being uh, born of God right. and how you can know if you're born of God. Yeah. So he makes comments like, if we love the brothers, we know we've been born of God. If we believe that Jesus is God's son, we've been born of God. If we keep his commandments, we've been born of God. I mean, he makes references to it a lot. References to that a lot. Yeah. So it isn't just an emphasis for CBC, right? Right. (laughs) It's an emphasis in the Bible Bible and and the gospel of John. Uh, He, he knew this was important for people to understand. Um, so there has to be this new birth, uh, by the spirit. That's clear. We see the spirit showing up here in Jesus's teaching, uh, that really what we learn is that the Spirit is the agent who applies the work of Christ to us and, and brings in that regeneration and that renewal. Um, but um, 
so with this, it's it's an absolute requirement. It comes from the spirit, and um, go but ahead. and he contrasts that right. So we can talk about that phrase in verse five: "Born of water and spirit." In a in a minute here, but then he contrasts that with that which is born of the flesh in verse six, because right. he's trying to to show Nicodemus, um, and maybe and maybe I'm wrong in this, but what Nicodemus was doing was works of the flesh, essentially, trying right. to be saved by the flesh. And he's saying, that's only going to get you a fleshly birth, yeah. essentially. Right. And rather, you need a radically different means by which you are born again. That's is that right. what he's saying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and because that is the contrast. You, When we're born in this world, we're born in the flesh. And uh, that means, um, we. Paul says in Ephesians 2, you were dead in your mm-hmm. trespasses and sins. We are born spiritually dead, alienated from God. Our hearts are hearts of stone. Uh, the Bible refers to it in a text we'll look at in a minute. Our hearts are uh, at enmity with God. And in the new birth, that changes. Hmm. And so now you're born of the Spirit, and you begin bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, You have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. You've got the new heart. Uh, so in other words, there this is a radical miraculous thing that God does to somebody when they're saved. This is what it means to be saved is that God transforms you at the heart level Mm -hmm. into a new person who now has new delights and new desires and, and that person that goes from, you know, for some, this, this is like they're living a life of sin, you know, uh, maybe even in debauchery that they enjoy. And then all of a sudden they're born again and they don't enjoy those things yeah. anymore. Even if they try to sometimes dip back into those things, it doesn't give them happiness or joy. Right. It actually makes them miserable. Well, that's an evidence that you now are born of the spirit, mm. you know. So it's um, and it's important to emphasize these things in the church today because, um, what's mainly been emphasized in the nature of salvation is a moment in time decision mm. that somebody makes. Yeah. Right? right? Pray this prayer, make this decision. Write it in your Bible so that when you doubt, you can go back and look at that date and right. say, oh, I, I, did, I prayed that prayer that day. That's yeah. how I know I'm saved. And that all that puts salvation then on the person, right. what they did. That's kind of like what Jesus is saying, that which is born of the flesh. You're mm-hmm. the flesh doing a fleshly thing in order to inherit salvation. That's right. Or to earn salvation. Yeah. And so there needs to be this emphasis on, once again, I think, that the emphasis in, on um, a, a miraculous new birth that can only come from God. And this was prophesied, so we wanted to get to the point where we were going to explain something very right. important here. Right. What does uh, he mean by that phrase in verse 5? Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit. Yeah, so, um, you know, commentators and theologians have talked about this for obviously 2,000 years that it's been in existence, <laughs> and they've come up with three possibilities. Okay. Okay. I think two of them aren't really possibilities at all. I think it's only one yeah. and that. But uh, the first one would be uh, born of water and the Spirit, the water being the waters of baptism. In mm-hmm. other words, some people have wrongly believed and taught and thought that, you know, in order to be saved, you had to undergo water baptism. Right. Right. And, um, I don't think it's referring to that Mm-mm. here at all. I think when we do do water baptism, which we are this Sunday at our church, it pictures this right. in part. This is one of the things it pictures, but that's not what it's talking about. The second one would be natural birth. Um, when you're born the first time, the water 
breaks, you know, <laughs> and and there's that. Uh, that's what it means, a very physical birth. And there are people that, uh, very conservative people that would hold that understanding of this being ah. born. Because Jesus says right after okay. it, yeah. that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's the contrast that he's giving here. Water, flesh, spirit, uh, spirit. There's a direct contrast in right. those two things. But he's not really contrasting water and the spirit. He's saying you have to be born by both, right? Isn't yeah? I, maybe you'd, that leads you'd into our third be position. Saying, you'd essentially be saying you have to be born as a human, right? And then you and have you to have be born, born by, by the, the spirit, spirit, right? Which that's why I'm saying I I can work. see what where they're going with that and trying to understand it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. I think the best interpretation is and uh, of this, and of course I'm not alone, obviously, in holding this and. This this is in um, I think most of the commentary I think might be all the commentaries I have on John, which is probably mm-hmm. about ten or so. Mm-hmm. All of them would agree with this. Yeah, is that uh, he's referring to a very important Old Testament passage, a prophecy about the new covenant to come in Ezekiel chapter thirty six, and in that passage he said. Uh, the Lord is uh, prophesying, uh, or Ezekiel's prophesying here what the Lord is saying. Uh, he says in verse 24, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. Verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Okay. So it seems to me here that we could infer from this that this water that he's talking about is that cleansing Mm -hmm. that comes from God, this spiritual cleansing Mm -hmm. that happens at the new birth. And, um, and of course, you know, it, it comes from God and and he's referring there to Ezekiel 36. And the reason we might even more think that is because he says to Nicodemus, Jesus does in verse 10, when he still doesn't understand, he says, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. In other words, the implication is you should know what I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. When I say to you, you must be born of the water and the spirit. You should know what I'm referring to. And so he's thinking that Nicodemus should have said, oh, you're talking about Ezekiel 36. This is the new covenant coming. Right. This is what God had promised he would do. Right. And and what, what, what in the new covenant the Lord is doing is he is, well, under the old covenant, there was lots of sprinkling that took place to ritually purify people. Uh, you know, if you had touched a dead animal or something like that, you needed to be purified from that. But it was always temporary. And it had to be done again and again. And so what the Lord is saying here is the, all the, the first person pronouns of I will do this. I will do, I will purify you. I will put my spirit in you. You're not going to do it anymore. Now the Lord will do this. And this is a complete and total and thorough, thorough cleansing versus just a, a ritualistic ceremonial cleansing. It yeah. has to be done again. Water pictured that washing right, right to them, to us. Right that there's a cleansing that we need because of sin that only God can do. It's a spiritual cleansing. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, I I think it's unbiblical to picture that water as baptism, like as though that water could do anything to you. 
it's the water of uh, of God's cleansing water mm-hmm. that He would do when He did this uh, new birth. You know, it's interesting too in Isaiah fifty-two. I just I just noticed this uh, Isaiah fifty-two fifteen, where it's the that servant passage. He speaks of the servant coming and sprinkling many nations. Mm. You know, so that's also that cleansing work that yeah. the Spirit's going to do, and we understand that comes through Christ. Because right. later he goes on to describe that work of atonement he does. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, in Titus 3, too, um, he says in Titus 3, 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So even here, this idea of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit in salvation is pictured as a washing. Mm. And um, and so I think when we connect all those pieces yes. together, both Old and New Testament here, we're understanding this to be part of the new birth yeah. and what the, what the Spirit does for uh, for us and saving us. And I guess if I were to like tie this up, if we go back to John three and like verse eight and Jesus's response or verse seven, where Jesus's response to Nicodemus's um, perplexion over the fact that Jesus says you must be born again. And Jesus responds, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. He's saying you're getting caught up on the wrong thing, Nicodemus. And then he goes on and he illustrates it in verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Is he kind of um, saying there, again, yeah, you're, you're focusing on the wrong things. You need to understand this is a total and complete work of God hmm. that you contribute nothing to. Right, yeah. And instead you are caught up on, well, well how do I be born? What do I got to do? Right. You know, how do I, I, I do that? Yeah. And that I think that's 100 percent it because this is picturing salvation out of our hands. Right. Um, and now some people get confused by that because they say, "Well, wait a minute. Um, I'm also responsible to hear mm. the gospel, repent, and believe." Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely yep. true. <laughs> so there is that God's sovereignty and salvation, mm-hmm. His work, He has to do it. And yet now you hear the gospel. And you must believe because even this is where John will go in John three. It keeps on going and he talks, um, you know, he talks about the serpent lifting up in the wilderness. Verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life, really have this life that Jesus is talking about in John three. Only comes through belief. That's right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So the what I say to people is you look to Jesus. God has provided Jesus this way of salvation, forgiveness, renewal, uh, the new heart, all that. And you look to Christ, you trust in him, you call out to God to save you, and God does the saving work. But what you'll learn as you study more of the Bible mm-hmm. is the very fact that you looked to Jesus, right. believed in Jesus, called out to Jesus, was the work of God mm-hmm. through his spirit from beginning to end, right? Yeah. So, But it, there is that responsibility to, to say to people, the responsibility laid on human beings, look at Jesus and right. believe in him. Yeah. Uh, you can't cause yourself to be born again, but what does the Bible tell you to do? Repent and believe in Jesus and trust God to do the work in you that he's promised to do. Yeah. Good. Any other final thoughts or words 
it's important for people to understand the new birth. And Yeah, I think it's important for them to understand it in their head. But the reason I'm doing this, bringing this up, going to preach a bit about it a little bit at the baptismal service this week, is because I want everybody asking themselves, mm-hmm. have I been born again? Yeah. If it is absolutely necessary for me to be born again in order to enter the kingdom, then the most important question in the universe yeah. for a person to answer is, have I been born again? Mm. Because if you haven't, you're not going in. Yeah. And so this is something that people need to be um, asking this, asking God, uh, searching their hearts, searching Scripture. Scripture gives a lot of, this is how you can know you've mm-hmm. been born again, what has happened to you. And if there's somebody out there that's like living in duplicity, like you're trying to be a Christian on the outside, you know you're just for people to look at you, but you yeah. know in the heart there's no desire for God. Mm. You know you're living in sin. You know, I'm appeal, I'm appealing to that person yeah. now to look to Christ and and cry out to him for And realize salvation. you can stop being duplicit. You can yes. be born again. Yes. You can actually have this kind of life that right. Jesus is describing here. That's right. Yeah. That's right. There's no you can deceive people around you, you can't deceive God. So maybe a follow up podcast should be to go to first John then and look at how he talks about how you can know you've been born again. Yeah, maybe we should do that next week. That'd be a good one. All right. Well, look at us plan on the fly. I know. Well, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Uh, if you ever have questions or comments, email us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com or come up and talk to us, send us a text or give us a phone call if you have our phone numbers. But that's only for our VIP listeners who have those things. <laughs> At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So until next time.